You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Back to another episode or issue, have you, of Imagine If. Uh, how you been, Franey? Not too bad, man. Just working and enjoying stuff. Uh, you know, obviously this week as comic book fans, we uh, we got a little bit of a sneak peek more into the DCEU. DCU sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, no, but keeping it on a positive note, that was cool. It was cool to go out this weekend and uh, totally catch a comic book film. You know, I, I love that. We live in a time where it's like you can go see comic book films pretty much all year round. Isn't that exciting to think about? You know, that's definitely true. We can definitely see. I mean, just about every two months, there's gonna there's a comic book film, and and for the most part, they're all good. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, uh, yeah. That's right. We're talking about Suicide Squad this weekend because Suicide Squad, uh, or I'm sorry, we're talking about Suicide Squad tonight because Suicide Squad came out this past weekend. Uh, so I, you know, obviously you wouldn't go, you wouldn't saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I went and checked it out. Um, actually as of this point, I have seen it twice. <laughs> so we saw it twice because you like it or because you were just obligated to a little from column a little from column B. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the thing is regardless though, it, it, like I saw it the first time and I guess, you know, you know, it was kind of a bummer. I think I hyped myself up. So I'll take the blame on me. I hyped myself up thinking it was going to be this way, and it wasn't. So I was kind of let down uh, because I totally thought I predicted how the film was going to be. You know, the the DC Legends crossover that introduced the villainous Suicide Squad team that we're used to. So I thought, oh, okay, this is going to happen. And it didn't. So I was kind of let down. So I went and saw it a second time basically to kind of be like, okay, well, what what are the clues that I'm looking for? Like, how does this – how does this – movie fit into the grander story you know so i kind of just went into you know i guess easter egg hunt cool i mean did you have any that you want to share that you saw well it it's tough because like i guess what what, what throws me off is and you know listeners i hope you don't mind we're gonna have a little bit of spoilers here you okay with that too much yeah just a little bit okay so well okay the, the big bad guy i don't think he exists in the dc comics really the, the film yeah, because the relationship to the character, the the betrayer, uh-huh. that betrayer doesn't have a sibling. Ah, and I I'm see like, what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm like, wait a second, how how does that, you know, so, you know, I was hoping it was going to be like New Gods. I was hoping they were going to set that up, you know, because that's, that obviously, like, I mean, to me, in my opinion, I feel like whoever gets the role of... Um, Steppenwolf, that's going to be DC's Loki. You know, like that character is going to be kind of, you know, bipping and bopping around. And, you know, obviously, Thanos and Darkseid, those two are a one for one match. So, you know, if you're a young actor, you know, and you want to get in some more movies, I would figure, well, hell, you know, yeah, why not audition for this, you know, this uh, Steppenwolf character? You know, he has the potential to be DC's Loki and, you know, he should be the one popping around. And I, I was waiting for that, you know, because even, even in the trailer when we saw that, the weird, you know, now we know they're weird spore looking people. 
but you know the, the question was well what are they maybe maybe they are some you know new god stuff uh, but i didn't see any of that uh there is a lot of hinting and play at magic so that'll be you know that'll be kind of like okay well let's see where this takes us you know but no but i mean there was a neat shout out to the uh the writer yeah i saw the uh, john Ostrander. Ostrander. yeah, yeah. The, the building and and even then i didn't get to see that uh but the at the credits at the end they had a big list of credits thanking a lot of comic book creators so i thought that was cool you know that was a real neat thing dc is definitely catching up with and doing well i do think that it's interesting that you know we ended up getting a you know in this uh dc extended universe movie universe that the third movie that they put out was a suicide squad movie uh i mean I guess it was probably their, the best way for them to reintroduce Joker and Harley Quinn uh, into the world so that uh, people who were really looking forward to those characters could do it. Plus, it's real. I mean, you have to you have to, I mean, it, it's it's kind of the elephant in the room not to talk about it, but it's the it's the it's DC's answer to Galaxy or Guardians of the Galaxy, really. So, oh, yeah, no, I totally felt <laughs> that's what they wanted the Guardians to be, um, which is a bad choice. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I know, you know, we, we, we've talked about that extensively, that, that, that was their, their plan, you know, um, you know, cause it's like, Oh, so does that mean dead shot star Lord? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, you know, is, is, um, captain boomerang, you know, I mean, I, I guess I could see killer croc being Drax. Um, Drax. I could see that, you know, but where's your rocket raccoon? I where's think that rocket raccoon food, is you know? your, is your captain boomerang. Oh man, that's that that uh that is a nasty looking raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say that Deadshot in this movie is supposed to be your Star Lord, and Harley Quinn is supposed to be your Gamora. I mean, it's it's to me, it's it it's very one for one. And then at the you know towards the end, when the whole message of family comes across, you know, it, it's it to me, it felt really pushed. It felt really forced. Uh, oh, it does. Yeah, it, because I mean, it's like I, you got. At the start of the film, you have Boomerang, you know, he, he tricks Slipknot, you know, he's like, hey, I, I think they're bluffing us. And bam, you see what happens to Slipknot. Yeah. So it's like, OK, so you could kind of see Boomerang is like, I'm going to use these people towards my ends. And then, you know, when when the characters are basically, you know, like, OK, hey, you're free. Boomerang grabs his drinks and runs. You know? Yeah. So it's like he he cares more about those cans than he did his team. But then all of a sudden, yeah, when it comes time to do the the, the ultimate V walk, as I like to call it, you know, when the team lines up, the perfect V, you know, he's like, oh, I better come back and resume my place. Not a problem. And it's just like, man, that was forced. Yeah. I'm sorry. Exactly. If you've ever read a DC comic book, Captain Boomerang totally would have ran. Yes. He he would have ran. Uh, you know, he. he I mean, that's. I think that was one of the the problems with the movie is that you get you just got the the idea of these characters wrong. Uh, Boomerang isn't he isn't like jestery like the the way that they make him in, in this movie. He's he's actually I think that the scene where uh, 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 the Flash captures him when he's stealing the stuff in the in the the jewel vault or whatever it is that is actually more accurate to. Uh, Digger Harkness, Captain Boomerang, than than the rest of the movie. He he's very much like, hey, uh, the, when the guy's like, hey, uh, you know, all this for the two of us. We're gonna make out like kings, and he's like, yeah, the two of us. And as soon as the guy turns his back to him, he kills him. And he's like, yeah, that's what Captain Boomerang would do. Exactly, exactly. That's spot on. Yeah, because 
Captain Boomerang he is. He's a douchebag. I mean, you know, in the comics, you know, most recently we know he's a deadbeat dad. You know, he left his son and, you know, then he started feeling remorse towards the end of his life. And, you know, it's, yeah, the guy, he's always been a, a cheat. I will say, not, not that I necessarily care for um, the casting of the Flash in the EU, but, you know, that was a cool little moment. You know, that was like, all right, cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that it did feel very, very flashy at that point where you when he you know kind of does a little joke and then i did like the little bit at the or when when they finally take captain boomerang out of his bag and he's like look i was just in my room watching you know a little bit of tv and then all of a sudden this guy in red showed up and now i'm here i don't understand he's like yeah we know you you robbed the jewelry place (laughs) yeah i thought that was cool him trying to play dumb like what do you mean i'm a bad guy i didn't do anything (laughs) it's like no dude you got caught with your hand in the bag you're done (laughs) (laughs) so uh you know to me the movie like i said i've i've i think i've been saying this to a lot of people this week or this past weekend was that uh uh it wasn't good but i didn't hate it and i didn't hate it to me is a very big jump from batman v superman because i did hate that <laughs> so it's saying well, you know, a lot yeah well, here this is this is this is my best this is what makes peace for me so you and i we've been comic book collectors for a long time we 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 go through these things all the time and it's funny you know like i remember there was one year um when siege came out when marvel did siege and i was just so like i was so happy when they did secret invasion you know and i thought that was such a great comic and then the fallout you know the dark rain so when siege was coming i told myself i'm buying every comic that's involved you know even if it's titles i don't read i'm just going to buy that tie-in issue right and, you know, sometimes you pick up a tie-in issue and you're like, what the hell did I just buy? What the hell did I just read? And sometimes you pick up one and you're like, well, I read it. It wasn't a bad comic, but it didn't add to the overall story. And, I mean, I could be wrong because this is too early, but that's how I felt about this movie. You know, like, okay, I've got this overall story that's going on, and I only needed one or two pages from the comic. <laughs> I didn't have to buy the whole comic. I just needed one or two pages, and that's how I, I feel about this movie. I didn't need the whole two hours. I just needed maybe 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> You're right. It's definitely it's, – it's, it's the few pages that are in the book that are the actual tie-in to the bigger event. And, and that's, that would probably be your after-credit scene that's in the very end of this movie. Uh, so that's what – you're right. It's 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 – the Dawn of Justice fifth week event with the Suicide Squad tie-in <laughs> number one. So. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's funny too because on, a, on another comic booky style note, I think it's funny too because you could totally have um, you know how we were comparing you know the two universes, their characters. I guess then that means Batman's the collector; he's the Benicio del Toro of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. <laughs> See, I mean, don't even get me started on the whole Bruce Wayne showing up in this movie at, at the very end. Uh, you know, I damn it, I'm gonna spoil that for anybody that didn't see it. But sorry, but uh, you know, it just pisses me off that he goes in there and he talks to Waller, and Waller gives him that dossier on Aquaman and the Flash, and it's just like, well, what happened to the world's greatest detective? Shouldn't he be figuring out some of this stuff on his own? No, he gets all the information from Waller, and and what was the point? Didn't he already get all that information from Lex Luthor's computer early in the last movie? Right, exactly. Well, you know, and there's two ways I would have done that scene. 
and I, let me let me pitch it to you. So one, okay. So you know that dossier was out there right during the battle, and it got left behind. Uh huh. Totally have Batman coming up, and he's about to grab it, and then Waller puts a gun right at him. You know, and she's like, you know, and you could even throw it on her where she turns around and just says, Bruce, if you touch that, I will kill you. You know, give it a little flavor if you want. But then all Batman's going to reply back is, I don't like guns. And as soon as he does that, you kind of how now the fans could be happy because you know, they realize, oh, Batman does, you know, we're going to get the Batman we've been wanting, the one who doesn't, you know, fight with guns and stuff like that. And exactly, it puts Batman on the playing field, not Bruce Wayne. So I thought that would have been cool. That, you know, that would have been good. Yeah, or another one, you know, yeah, totally put Waller behind prison and then have Batman come up and he's like, look, I understand you have information about these metas. I'm taking it. I'm not asking you. Now tell me where it is. You know, and then, you know, you can just close it right there cold. So either she gives or she doesn't. And then it's up to you to decide how he got the information. Again, world's greatest detective. You know, something like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Instead, it's like, oh, it's another intimate dinner with Waller and Wayne. And, you know, oh, and then they're playfully playing with each other. Like, yeah, I know you do. Well, I know you play at night. You know, it's just kind of like, really? Well, you know, what? the, the know? whole Waller t- saying the whole uh, you need to give up your night job thing I, I, was great. I love that part because it's kind of throwback to like uh, any time that Amanda Waller has an interaction with Batman. He's like, she knows. She knows that Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person because she's that good at her job. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can appreciate that on her end. But I think it was stupid for him to just totally be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to show up as Bruce Wayne. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, no, you want Bruce Wayne to not be connected with <laughs> any of this stuff at all. And which is where we get right into the, the JLA trailer, or the Justice League trailer. And he's just telling people, hey, I hear you talk to fish. I'm Batman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But so okay, you know, I, I've already ranted enough about how I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm we'll upset we'll by save that. that talk for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I I did find uh, interesting was uh, more of the 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 soundtrack for the movie, like <laughs> which again just harkens back to <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, which you know the soundtrack was a very huge part of that movie. And this yeah. time they it, in this movie they it, I I swear to God they had to have spent half their budget on getting some of these songs because these are huge big songs like Rolling Stones and and Queen and stuff like that and you you're and they they're playing snippets of it and they're getting to the next song as quickly as possible. It's just like wow, you had to have spent a lot of money to, to acquire these these songs to put in the movie. Yep. And it it has no relevance to the story. It really doesn't. I mean, the songs they pick has absolutely no relevance and 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 stuff other than just to, uh, you know, sound good. Get you pumped up, yeah. Get you pumped up, like okay, you know, here here we are, where we're getting pumped up as we're going into the prison to see they're still in prison. Yeah, I mean that's all it did. Like I could say honestly, the only song I liked from the soundtrack is the uh, oh I can't even remember now, but it's um. It was the one that they played at the end credits. Oh, as the, the, the you know, and I was like, oh, that was that was that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> something pilots or something. I think their name is. And I was oh, like, the okay. twenty one pilot song. There you go. Yeah, the twenty one pilot song. That's it. And it's like, but that 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 you know, I could hear that on the radio, and I would totally not even know it's related to suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was funny is that they played uh, they used Spirit in the Sky because that is also used in in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, and it's funny because that was the song that was used, but when the movie made its final cut, it wasn't used in the movie. That's true. 
but that's kind of funny. So I guess they're trying to, to to that to that singer to that artist. They're trying to say, hey, look, Marvel used you, but we'll give you a home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get into our Marvel versions of our Suicide Squad, we did have a kind of mini challenge that was thrown out there on Facebook by Daniel Barroso from Televised Heroics, asking us to. Uh, I don't know if it's so much make a list or just tell us to uh, tell some stories of when superheroes acted like complete jerks. <laughs> All right. So well, I, always, I, always I, I thought of two off the top of my head, but I, I want to hear some of the other ones that you had. Well, okay. So right off the top of my head and it's fine. Cause you know, we all have characters we love. So I'll, I'll throw my characters under the bus. So uh green lantern, Hal Jordan, right? Great character. Um, but for a while there, he, um, well, I guess basically whenever he kind of gets assigned to people that don't know how to write him, they, you know, drive him down in the ground. So you had, he was first created back in 1959 and he was doing great all the way up to the seventies. Then the, the book was lagging and it didn't do so hot. So they brought Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams to come on for their famous run where they teamed up Green Lantern and Green Arrow. And you could tell Denny O'Neill likes green narrow a lot more because he made Hal the jerk <laughs> you know like you know green lantern just saved people and then that's where the famous line comes in you know where the the elderly black man sees uh how green lantern he says look you know you go around in space and you, you save blue people and purple people how come here on your own home planet you don't save black people why aren't you doing anything there so he, he would definitely have that so that kind of made Hal seem stupid with his ring it's like wow you have this gateway to infinity and all you do is make boxing gloves um then, you know, and, and Hal's very much, you know, the ladies man. So he's always kind of dumping on his women and stuff like that. But I guess the big jerk moment goes to um, Emerald Twilight. You know, he just was like, you know what? I want something so bad. I will destroy the Green Lantern Corps. Now, you know, the way they write it, they make it sound like, you know, at the time the Green Lantern Corps was, you know, all 3,600 members of the GLC. No, back then it was like 23. Yeah. So he beat up 22 Green Lanterns, took their rings, but he did leave them for dead in space. So that's kind of a jerky thing to do. Uh, and then, you know, he spent a decade as Parallax. So that was kind of rude. <laughs> and then, yeah, now that's been, uh, I don't know, necessarily retconned or just, uh, you know, thrown in there that it was Parallax that had taken him over, the enti- the fear entity. And so, you know, we can't really fault him for it so too much because he, uh, yeah. it wasn't really his fault. He was under control. Yep, and then um, let's see. So my next, the next one that comes to my mind, uh, of course, I love Cyclops. Cyclops is, you know, my my favorite Marvel character. Um, so with Cyclops, I guess the biggest jerk moment. Um, so Chris Claremont, you know, at, at you know, he pitched the whole uh, Dark Phoenix saga. And in it, you know, they were basically going to lobotomize Jean, and she was just going to lose her powers, become a person. And Scott and her were going to ride off into the sunset and live their life, and then the X-Men would go on. Well, Jim Shooter, the editor, was like, nope, you have to kill her. So once they killed her, that basically wrote Cyclops out of the book. But he didn't give him an ending, so he, he kind of had him, you know, like a page or two every month or something like that. So finally, Cyclops meets Madeline Pryor. You know, she's the love of his life. You know, she looks just like Jean. They're leading you on to think that she is uh, that she is being Jean, but turns out she's not. Um, but it's okay because they, they fly off into the sunset and anyway. so they go form their life in Alaska. They have a child, and basically they really ousted Cyclops from the X-Men because that when, when Madeline does actually give birth to the child, 
um, Cyclops is away with the X-Men on a mission. So you're kind of like, wow, what a jerk, dude. You know, your, your kid's being born. You couldn't even stay home. Um, so anyways, you know, Cable's born. Uh, Madeline's doing their part. And then when the X-Men come home, and this is issue 201 of Uncanny X-Men, when they draw the panel, everybody's excited to see the baby. And Cyclops has this, like, you know, shit-smelling face on him. You know, like, ugh, baby. You know? <laughs> and... You know, especially for somebody who was an orphan, you'd think he'd be like, I'm going to do my best for this kid. Um, and then finally, you know, they wrote him out of the book. You know, Cyclops lost the storm. He lost leadership of the X-Men. And then the next thing you know, the next time we see Cyclops, it's X-Force number one. And um, we find out that Jean Grey actually wasn't killed. You know, she was living at the bottom of the Jamaica Bay. And, you know, so Angel finds us out and he calls Cyclops and you know, Cyclops is in the middle of an argument with Maddie and the baby's crying and he stops to answer the phone, you know, and it's like, oh, Gene's alive. And he just literally walks out. You know, he leaves his wife and baby behind. So you're kind of like, dude, that is that, that that's, <laughs> you know, it, that you can't even blame Mr. Sinister anyway. Um, of course, they did. <laughs> yeah. Because you find out Maddie's a clone and all that. But, you know, it's just that's the scary thing is when these characters are written by people that just have one goal, they don't care how they get there. Um, like characters like, okay, you know, Damian Wayne or Namor McKenzie, they are jerks. That's part of their personality. So when you see that, it's okay. You know, um, uh, what's the one? Black Adam. You know, he was always a horrible monster. He was a villain. He was a jerk. But then he became redemptive for a while when he joined the JSA. So that's kind of neat. But, yeah, my two top characters, those are their biggest jerk moments. Um, <laughs> well, I like I like that you brought up Namor because that's uh, one of the ones that I was going to talk about. Is like uh neighbor the submariner uh, yeah always a jerk he's 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 regal and he's always kind of a you know he's looking, a spoiled prince <laughs> yeah he's a spoiled prince and, he, and and but you know he has the, he has the toughness to back it up but the the biggest jerk point about him is it happens to be with the fantastic four is that he literally flirts and you know uh lurches after sue, sue storm right in front of Reed Richards almost all the time. <laughs> oh my god, I know, right? All the time. <laughs> but you know what? I will say though, okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna fling some mud onto uh onto Sue. Well that's what I, I was going that's where I was going. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. During the Civil War, you know, uh well that was Captain America. Captain America's like, Oh hey, why don't you go recruit Namer? And yeah, I'll, I'll send Sue to go do it. And even <laughs> Namer called it. Like that's how much of a jerk Namer is. He can smell jerk underwater. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like I remember, I like I don't read too many Fantastic Four stories, but I do remember one story where, uh, you know, Sue and 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 uh, Reed have a fight, and Sue leaves, and Johnny comes up to to Reed and's like, well aren't you worried you know where do you know where she's going he goes i know where she's going i always know where she goes and it's 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 to imply that she always goes running to namer so that's kind of a jerk moment for sue that she uses that line she uses that relationship to either you know play with reed's emotions or to uh you know constantly be like well i could always go you know be a a queen underwater somewhere (laughs) yeah no kidding right (laughs) so that was the that was my roundabout way to call sue a jerk (laughs) (laughs) it all began with namer painted the waters Uh, my next one, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna say that he's a jerk, but I understand why he did it. So it's it's Batman, and you go back to the, <laughs> the Tower of Babel storyline. He makes up all these uh, uh, files on how he would take down all the rest of the Justice League, and the Justice League, you know, is 
is supposedly his teammates and they trust him for with their lives but uh his files get stolen and we've done this story before but you know his files get stolen by Rachel Ghoul. They all find out that it was Batman that that came up with the files, and uh, he's he's literally ostracized from the rest of the Justice League. Now, it, is it a jerk thing to do to be like, yeah, I know how to take down all these guys and keep it on file? Oh, you you could argue it, but is it understandable? Yeah, he's a he's a normal he's a I mean he's not a normal dude, but he is a human. <laughs> And he's he, as close to normal as we can in the DC. <laughs> exactly. And he's he's hanging out amongst all these people with powers of God. So, yeah, <laughs> if one of them goes rogue, he needs to know how to take them down. And that's what he's done. Yep. Well, I mean, plus, he, and then that, that, that seed ultimately blossomed and turned into the omac he created brother i that that also was a kind of a jerk moment too <laughs> but, yeah, well he almost destroyed you know the dcu I mean, it's <laughs> like yeah thanks to your your self-induced paranoia you know that led to brother i which led to batman v superman even if there's <laughs> you know a tenth of a percent dude, <laughs> that's pretty small <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're talking a penny on the dollar. <laughs> if there's a chance it could go wrong, we have to kill him. Whoa, he's been saving people. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah the, it, Batman has more often than not been a jerk, but we, we let him live. We let him live with it because it's under, because he's justifiable in the end. Yeah. Well, and then the biggest jerk Batman I could ever think of is any Frank Miller Batman, much, <laughs> except for year one. But, I mean, you go back, think about All-Star Batman and Robin. Yep. Oh, my God. When Robin's parents died and, you know, he just he kidnaps Robin in the Batmobile, drives through a, a gangster's convertible, you know, probably killed them. And then he takes him to the Batcave and throws him in there. And he's like, you little brat, I'm not going to feed you, you know. So, like, <laughs> I think. If I remember correctly, I think he basically forced Dick to eat a rat. You know, it's like, what the <laughs> hell, dude? <laughs> yeah, that you know the the, the All Star Batman is not a good Batman. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> so my last one, my last big jerk moment, and uh, I, I I think it's 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 interesting because it's one of the few items in 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 comic book history that's always known, but it's always kind of like not talked about as much as it i guess it's or sometimes it is i don't know but it's hank pym hitting janet so that is a, ah, that's, a, that's a big point in in the in the marvel history yeah no that is that is very much um yeah that, that, that put domestic violence right in there if i remember correctly i was reading an article about that and i think they actually said he wasn't he wasn't gonna hit her but then, like, at the last minute, and I think it was um, Jim Shooter, he was just like, nope, do it, you know, and he forced it. Like, they, they, like, they were just originally going to have it be like, he walked out on her, but then all of a sudden, it's like, no, he, uh, he totally went and hit her. And it's just like, wow, they amped that one up. So Hank Pym almost had a moment where he could have been like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm doing okay. And then they just took it and threw it full throttle. And yeah, it's one of the ugliest moments in the history of the Marvel universe. And yeah. Yeah. And it's funny is that, you know, he's constantly on, on teams. He's the go-to guy for science sometimes, or, or either that, or they make fun of the fact that he's not the go-to guy for science, but, uh, you know, it's always kind of thrown into his face that, Hey, 
you hit Janet. <laughs> so it, it, it's it, yeah. No matter how good it, uh, he could come in and be like, guys, I cured cancer. Something Reed and Tony and and, and uh, T'Challa could never do. But then they'll just look at him and be like, yeah, but you hit Jan. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there you go. That that that. Oh, th- you still there? Yeah. That's so. That's uh, Daniel. That's your jerk moments in in superhero history. If uh, if that lives up to your uh, to what your question. <laughs> oh, 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 and one more I wanted to toss in there. Oh. I didn't get to mention this one. Um, the biggest jerks I could say, and I mean, I love some of those stories, but I would have to say Superman and Lois Lane of the Silver Age. Um, they were kind of mean people. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you ever go back and read the first Imagine If that DC did, it was um, Superman's girlfriend, and it was the one where she marries Superman. You know, the whole comic, she sits there and pouts like, well, uh, you know, he, I'm glad I married a Clark Kent, but why can't he just act like Superman? You're like, wow, Lois, you are the original Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then even in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, they constantly had moments where Jimmy's like, hey, Superman, I did this for you. And, and Superman's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. The silver-aged uh, Superman and Lois, especially especially the, their covers, they always tried to make it so that Superman and Lois were just jerks on the covers of the books. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, the sad. I mean, luckily, luckily the uh, the writing has done has grown, but yeah, there's some stuff in there that is just like, man, these people are horrible. Okay, and one more. Sorry, one more. The biggest jerk of them all, Professor Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> if you read any any every five years in the Marvel universe, um, Professor Xavier has to do something very jerky. I mean, you know, the, what was that one Deadly Genesis where it turns out, you know, he. He took Vulcan's team of X-Men and was like, oh, yeah, I'll quickly train you, send you out there. You guys died. We'll suppress that memory. So <laughs> nobody gets mad at me. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, there you go again, Daniel. <laughs> Some moments in superhero <laughs> joke history. Um, but so we're getting on to our challenge for the night. We're doing Suicide Squad in the in the Marvel Universe. And we definitely we decided to use the team that has to be uh the or the team that's from the movie now usually we 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 pick either the first team that was or the original team in the comic books or a team that we really liked in the comic books but uh because we're talking about the movie and in honor of the movie we decided to go with the the the, the movie team which i assume in the comic books now is probably the the uh, close to the team that they're using oh i'd say that's a safe bet yeah because um You've got actually the the Wednesday before the movie came out, uh, Suicide Squad Rebirth was re- was released, and I'll yeah I'll bet if you look at that Suicide Squad Rebirth roster, that'll probably be very similar to the uh, the roster that's the movie. Yeah, so uh, there you go with that. So we, what we're talking about then is um, let me pull up my list of the characters that we're talking about. Definitely Deadshot. Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, El Diablo, Captain Boomerang, Enchantress, Slipknot, Rick Flagg, Katana, and Amanda Waller. So, uh, would you like me to go first? Or would you like to go first? Well, I say, how about we, we we go back and forth on this one? Sounds good. That way, we could toss out a character and we'll, we'll throw our picks and see how it goes. I like it. So, I would say with okay. our first shot, uh, our first choice, let's go ahead and pick our Amanda Waller. You know, this would be our person that puts the basically puts the team together it's the one that has the government okay and is saying yeah the, you guys you can put a team together of criminals that will 
uh, we'll send in there to to take out the bad guy or do the mission that we want. And then if they get caught, we can always disavow them because they're criminals. And we really yep. don't care if they die. And uh, for mine, I picked uh, Henry Geirich, which uh, I think is the perfect choice because he he is. He, uh, for the longest time, he was the liaison, the UK, the not UK, UN liaison to uh, the Avengers. He's kind of the bureaucrat that tells them you can't do this or, you know, this, uh, you know, you have to watch what you do in here and things like that. So to me, he would be the, the you know, ultimate bad or not bad guy, but ultimate uh, Amanda Waller for the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I totally agree. I echo that same statement. Uh, Henry Peter Gyrick was my pick also, uh, just because he ran forever on his whole you know, anti-mutant thing. Um, I know that usually gets credited to the senator. I can't think of his name. Kelly. Um, but you know, there you go, Senator Kelly. He was always the big guy. But, I mean, Gyrick was the one in the shadows. Um, and then Gyrick also, when he was in the Avengers book, he was, you know, uh, he was held to that team. You know, so I think Gyrick is definitely, and like I'd say, we were talking about this, but I'd wager that Gyrick is probably directly responsible for why there is a Waller in the DCU because they were probably like, man, that government spook is such a scumbag. We need one. You know, <laughs> they, just, they created the Wall, which is, you know, a way better character. But yeah, Gyrick, I think he would be the perfect um, person to come up with this idea to say, look, you know, we can't trust the X Men because they're mutants, we can't trust the Avengers because they're too powerful. And I could see Gyrick being the guy who's like, look, here's your alternative. A group of villains, we put bombs in their heads, we make them do the bad stuff. If they get caught, we blow them up, leave them out to dry because they're villains. So, yeah, Gyrick, Gyrick's your man for that. There you go. And and I forgot the other stipulation that we threw out there was that we didn't want to use any uh, Thunderbolts onto the team since that's <clears throat> kind of Marvel's version of uh, the, the Suicide Squad, at least that's how they're used now. As you were saying earlier, um, that's not how the Thunderbolts were used originally. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about. So, yeah, basically when the Thunderbolts idea first came out, you, you found out that it was Baron Zemo who tricked a bunch of heroes into doing the right thing. So, in a sense, you could almost believe that these heroes wanted to be redemptive. Villains. Um, the Suicide Squad, yeah, sorry, these villains wanted to be redeemed. And in the Suicide Squad, it's always been, you know, like, hey, shitbag, prisoner 004, you're coming with us. You know, they never had they, – they didn't even have a say. So, you know, at the end of the mission, you know, you could see, you know, a Thunderbolt – well, the Thunderbolts were their own self-team. They weren't even government-sanctioned. Um, but, yeah, I, as of – I'd probably say, what, uh, Dark Reign? I think that's when they basically took the Thunderbolts and were like, yeah, let's make our own Suicide Squad team. Yeah, I think that's exactly what uh, what it was like. So, with that being said, uh, let's go straight into our dead shot for the team. Uh, for me, I went with the swordsman. Now, ooh, good pick, right? Uh, he's he's the one who trained Hawkeye to fight, and he was one of the. I think he has been a hero at some times, but more often than not, he's a villain. And he's never been on the Thunderbolts. When I think that he would be a pretty good uh, field leader, he's he's hand-to-hand -hand combat trained well and he uses uh a sword but he also uses daggers and throwing knives so uh i think you would you would get a little bit of the same there yeah no exactly very much a uh you know weapons master that that can that can put it out there wow that's i'm jealous of your pick <laughs> <laughs> that's that totally screams exactly what you need and who'd you pick for your dead shot 
so for my dead shot, I kind of went, I went a little bit lamer, I guess, to be honest about it. So I picked Nitro. Um, the reason I picked Nitro is because I thought about a power set. So I was like, well, obviously Nitro, knowing his powers, knows exactly like, okay, I know when I'm gonna, what I'm gonna hit and miss, when I'm not gonna hit and miss, and items like that. So I thought to myself, well, that makes sense. That that totally makes sense that he would be the guy who could do that, you know, and, and, and I thought about it, you know, in the heat of battle, it's like, well, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna be able to do the deadliest kill, you know, and I guess in reality, uh, my nitro probably is better off as a, as an El Diablo type character, but I just don't see the redemptive quality that El Diablo showed. True. So for me, like I said, I, I just looked at it in terms of power scope that, you know, obviously Nitro's learned to become a master assassin with his powers. So that's what I saw. And plus, you know, being a merc, it's like, okay, you know, I'll do, I'll do what it takes, you know, and then I'll sell my powers and, and, um, you know, I'll put them out there. So that's kind of how I felt he would be in that regard. Okay. Uh, I, I like your pick. I mean, I, you wouldn't say it's a lamer one, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, for my Harley Quinn, I went with Madame Mask. Oh, good pick. She has a little. That's bit, a good one. She has a little bit of the psychotic in her, and she's definitely uh, well well versed in uh, small arms. So she knows how to, uh, you know, shoot and 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 be the bad guy that she needs to be to get the the job done. And she's got a little bit of you know eccentricity to herself. So. Uh, oh yeah, that's uh, I she. Think uh, she good. comes from the Tony Stark world of things, so she's got his centuries down. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you go for, Harley Quinn? So for my Harley Quinn, I went with Mystique. Um, I didn't necessarily feel that she brought the insanity card. I felt she brought more the Agent of Chaos card. You know, like those are the those are the people that at the end of it, it's like, well, you know, like what's the phrase that they've used? You know, a fire cells going on. I could totally see them being like, yeah, you know, I will, I will, I will find and do whatever it takes to make a situation happen. You know, even if it's blowing up a, a bus full of nuns or whatever the case may be, she would definitely be the one. And plus, even during uh, Bendis's run, you know, she was, you know. Uh, playing the mutants against each other so i mean we would see a lot of that that duality so i kind of feel harley has that you know because ultimately end of it she's going to play whoever's there for her agenda so i thought mystique could bring that same flavor yeah definitely and uh, and, and once again more of a, a merc uh on the team so it it shows their motives are you know very much so uh in tune <clears throat> yeah now, uh, Killer Croc was the next uh, the next one up online, and for me, I went with a, I think I think it's a little bit of a, a out there choice. Uh, I don't know how how you'll feel about it, but I went with Sauron. Uh, you know the the pterodon human guy that is kind of an energy vampire and uh, mutant kind of thing. Hmm, that's a good pick because obviously you know if I remember correctly he's got he's got some deformity right because of his power. Well, yeah, he looks like a, a pterodactyl kind of, and he. Uh... Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's right. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I, I can definitely see that. You know, it's it's um, it changed him. You know, and it kind of really exiled him from people because if you think about it, because that's a. Uh, that's uh, Carl Lycos, right? Yeah, Carl Lycos, and he was a scientist, biologist, yeah, so... gen- geneticist, and he, he kind of made himself different. Yeah, so I mean, definitely, you could tell that that power set, that power structure, 
you know, it, it, it took from him. So you could easily see him being kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too happy with this. And he leads a different lifestyle. So yeah, that kind of fits in with uh, killer croc. I like that. That's a good pick. Yeah, exactly. And you know, killer croc. And if anything, I was going to say killer croc puts himself in that sewer. He even says it in the movie. He says, I put myself down in the sewer. Yeah. And you know, Carl did the same thing. He kind of walked away from his life because he realized, you know, with his powers uh for me my killer croc pick i went one for one on this one again i went with the lizard um kurt connors i felt he uh, obviously because of his 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 change in power set you know it 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 exiled him you know and i i know um you know obviously lizards and crocodiles they both come from that reptilian uh membranes and stuff like that. So I thought that'd be a good pick. Um, and then also I, I like recently they had, um, in the books, you, you saw a real dark side to, um, to the lizard, you know, and the fact that he actually, he finally succumbed to his worst fear. He ate, you know, his, his, his wife and child. Right. And so I thought to myself like, Oh man, that, that ultimately kind of puts a hurt on the character because, you know, killer croc, I could believe at some points. And again, it depends on who writes them. You know, if it's the, the one from the cartoon, they made him more sympathetic. It's if it's the one from the, the comic books, he's more of a gangster. But ultimately I think at one point there was a chance for killer croc to have redeemed himself and he could have been a good guy, but he didn't do it. And with the, um, the movie, I kind of feel we're still like, obviously he's a new character in the movie. So I, I still felt he's got that road where he's going to come to it eventually. And maybe he'll be a good guy. Maybe he'll just go totally dark. So I felt that the, the lizards more in tune with killer croc of the comics and the fact that it's like, yeah, he's written off his humanity. I've put myself in the sewer, but like, it's not, you know, a cute way. It's like, no, I am done. I've checked out with the people. So I thought, I thought Connors would be a good embodiment of that. Yeah, that's definitely a, a really good choice. Uh, next is we got Captain Boomerang, and uh, obviously the easy choice would have been to go with Boomerang from the the Marvel Universe, but he has been on the on the on the Thunderbolt, so he was excluded. Uh, I went, <laughs> I went with the Spider Man villain uh, that you really don't hear about that often anymore, but Ringer. <laughs> so once again, oh, wow. yeah, it's another it's another mercenary or merc or thief or whatever you want to call him that that throws a a weapon that's kind of unusual you wouldn't think of someone that just throws rings and and stuff but uh that's what he does so i went with the ringer i almost picked spot now i was i was i was teetering but i think i liked ringer better just because of the the props that he uses (laughs) good save then (laughs) (laughs) well let's see for me um for my pick i actually I, i i played with the idea of the uh this is gonna be. It's gonna sound so bad, but I'm gonna say it. Anyway. It's kind of the, uh, you know, oh, you're you're a, you're a funny little man with a funny little accent, you know, because, you know, that's totally how they played up Captain Boomerang. You know, he's this he's this crazy ass Aussie. So I thought, well, who's a crazy ass foreigner? Craven, Craven the Hunter. You know, <laughs> and in my movie, I'm gonna have a scene where he throws a boomerang and then looks over his shoulder and winks, and that'll be to the viewer to let you know that yeah, he is Captain Boomerang. <laughs> um, you know, I could totally see him. Like, I mean, I think they did it really good when when uh, the original, well, when Craven was dead, when his son became the next hunter. Right. His son kind of was that way. You know, he was like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll do TV commercials and reality shows instead of, you know, being this crazy psychopath who's 
trying to eat the brain and bloods of his enemies. You know what I mean? So I thought, you know, I thought, oh, okay, well, there's there's kind of a hint of that, so that'll that'll be good to play that there. So I thought he'd be a good, you know, good pick. And plus, again, you know, the the uh, they 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 are skilled hunters, you know, because Captain Boomerang, you know, he was also uh, a little bit of a hunter in his origins. True. Yeah, I like that Captain Craven the hunters uh, on the team, which uh, brings Captain Craven, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of brings me into my next one for Enchantress. Because uh, my Marvel character would be uh, someone that's not too well known, but it was a kind of a sidekick to Craven the Hunter, Calypso. Now she had uh, voodoo oh, magic nice. on her. Yeah, she had voodoo magic on her side. She can. She did potions and stuff like that. So uh, I thought that would be an interesting, uh, you know, toss over. Yeah, and I like that because again, obviously, she's a a relatively unknown character that you could really tap into some bigger stuff with her. You know, like okay, well, what type of magic is she tapping into? You know, that could lead to, you know, Dormammu, which leads to Doctor Strange or something like so. Some really big ties to the Marvel U. Yeah, I like that. That's a really good pick. Um, I, I I I played with the names and I went Enchantress for Enchantress, <laughs> so I picked the. Uh, the Norse goddess, you know, the, the one who's always been trying to seduce Thor and stuff like that. So I thought that'd be kind of cool to have her, you know, obviously she is just, she is pure magic because it's like, well, I don't do magic. I just am magic. So I thought that'd be kind of a neat thing there. That would be interesting. And, and definitely, uh, would help with the, you know, the, the, what, what happens in the movie with the enchantress and, and the suicide squad movie, which could have definitely happened in this one or in this version with the Marvel characters. So, uh, and, I just wanted to bring this up. Do you think that we'll see the Enchantress in in Thor Ragnarok? I would hope so. Honestly, I mean, she's too good of a character to to kind of throw away, you know. So it's uh, I, I I think they should, you know, because you know she she could be a really good riff for Sif, you know, because those two they both had their eyes on Thor, so that that could be kind of a neat way to play her out there. I think. Actually, if you're I, smart, think I, I think I've heard that that Jamie Alexander's not coming back to be Sif. Wow, that's a loss, right? So we we're getting a Valkyrie, and we definitely yeah, know that a... Jane Foster's not coming back for the movie. So uh, I wonder what what this Ragnarok movie is going to be about. Yeah, or oh, how many that's, people we're going to have. That's a bummer because those are you know, and I you know, obviously contracts and stuff like that are important, but it's you know, it's it's one of those things. But my comics are important too. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know who I've always wanted to see in a Thor movie that they have not put out yet is Boulder. I think that's uh, an interesting character they really haven't used yet. Oh, you're talking Boulder the Brave, right? Yeah, Boulder the Brave. I mean, especially with the, the knowledge in the comic books that we know now that Boulder is uh, also Odin's son. So you'd have you know, how Loki and Thor are constantly fighting over the throne. You know, if Boulder were to show up and be like, huh, but guess what? It's my throne, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, well, like uh, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm bad with my actors' names and whatnot, but Chuck, the actor who played Chuck, that should have been him. Oh, but he played Fandral. Yeah, but he totally should have been Boulder the Brave. I think he would have he would have nailed that one. You know, that would have been the perfect you know the, the the perfect character for him. I think he would have done an awesome job. He's got that look. He's got that that air to him. I'm not saying it in a mean way, but he's got that air to him that it would totally be like, yeah, you know, like. You know, you guys are sitting here crying over the thorn when in reality, yeah, I also have just as much of a legit claim to it as you do, you know? <laughs> I like it. That that sounds good to me. 
So our next character that we're going to talk about is, or the he's the villain, the next villain on the team, or I said the last villain on the team that rounds out the villains of the team is uh, Slipknot. And a little bit of a spoiler here is that Slipknot is brought in just to be the guy that is the example of what happens when you disobey an order or try to try to escape. So he's really expendable uh, as a character. So. For my roster, I pick Stiltman. Because <laughs> he's got so much love. <laughs> well, you know, they, you know, that's what they, they. The one thing that you know about Slipknot in the movie is that he's incredible at climbing. So I figured, why not just get Stiltman, <laughs> who can elevate himself up to the top of whatever you need to climb. So you, you blow out one of his legs, and he falls to his death, huh? That's right. <laughs> Did you pick someone to to replace Slipknot with? Well, it, it's funny. So in my initial sit down, no, I didn't pick anybody because I was like, well, they threw him away. So why do I care? Um, but all right, if if I'm gonna do this, all right, so I'll, I'll play along. I will throw out um, the Mole Man, <laughs> <laughs> the the first villain of the Fantastic Four, the Mole Man. Nobody gives two shits about the guy. So there you go. That's my, uh... <laughs> there you go. He tries the he tries the moloid away, and then all of a sudden, boom! His head blows up. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, Craven uh, the Hunter's are like, oh hey, I'll, those bombs don't work underground, and <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> so uh, then, with our last two team members are the good guys. It's the the military guys, the the ones that are on the team to oversee our villains. And uh, the first one I want to talk about is Katana. You know, she's a very interesting character. She's she obviously she's supposedly a good guy, but she has absolutely no problem with killing. She uses a sword that uh, captures the soul of the person that she she kills with it, and uh, is 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 basically on this revenge kick to revenge the death of her husband. So. With all that, I didn't really go with someone that has a mystical power or a mystical sword, but I went with Domino, who, you know, is always portrayed as a hero, and she she was a, a government experiment. She has a, a luck power because of a, a breeding program put on by the government, but she's also an excellent marksman, an incredible soldier, so I would think that she would be uh, our Rick Flag's number one in com- or number two in command wow good pick yeah she uh she's definitely got some uh, something to her and plus you know having a character like that on a such a wild card team that's a really good balance like i don't know if you plan that but you have a happy little accident the fact that yeah like here's all these agents of chaos and, and craziness and here here's a hero a handler that can be like all right Let's manipulate this one little twist so, you know, whatever bad was going to happen will be stopped. And I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, of course I planned that. That's, you know, I was thinking <laughs> completely in the uh, future-wise about that. But, yeah, so <laughs> who did you put down for Katana? <laughs> so for my Katana, I, I went I, – this one I focused more on the mysticism and the uh, – obviously the, the, the Asian arts. And I thought a good counterpoint would be Iron Fist, you know, um, you know, he obviously, if you, you know, because the way Rick Flagg described Katana was, you know, this is the person who's going to make sure I'm alive. So you want somebody trustworthy. So I felt, you know, Iron Fist definitely shows that. Um, and I thought it was a neat counterpoint because at one point you had um, 
Luke Cage, you know, running the Thunderbolts. So I figured this is now Danny's turn to kind of, you know, serve his time in the in the gutters. So I thought he'd be a good counterpoint for Katana in that, you know, that I'm the good guy. I'm watching the the field leader to make sure they're okay. I like that. That's uh, that's pretty good, and I, I like the connection to to Luke Cage to that. <laughs> Uh, and finally, <laughs> our last member, our, our Rick Flag, our commander in the field, the one that follows the orders from uh, uh, our Amanda Waller, or in this case, Henry Gyrick. I picked John Walker. Now, uh, you know, most people might not remember who he is, but he is one of the, the Captain Americas. He's a, also known as U.S. Agent. He was, in part, of, he was part of the inv- Invaders, uh, the new Invaders, when they brought him back to be the Captain America on that team. He even at one point uh, was a warden for uh, the raft. So uh, throw him out there as uh, the new field leader for this Thunderbolt team, and I, I think you have a, a, a winning team. I like that. He's actually he's a good pick um, because exactly like you said, he's already got that experience as a warden. So it's kind of like, all right, you know, now instead of me just sitting on my duff, I'm taking these guys out and we're going to go kick some tail. So I like that. It's a good pick. Um, I guess for my side of the fence, when I thought of Rick Flagg, I thought of more the soldier who's been out there and, you know, uh, who's a very much an altruistic person. And in my book or, you know, movie or whatever, this is how we're going to bring it back. I'm going with Dum Dum Dugan. Nice. I thought, hey, who's, you know, who's a, who, obviously he's got presence, you know, he was part of the Howling Commandos. He's been the leader of the Howling Commandos. He's got a clean military record, you know, so that'll definitely be something there. And obviously, you know, sometimes Dugan, you know, he's, he's a, he's a military man. So, you know, sometimes you get assigned to be underneath some asshole shithead. And I figured that would be totally explaining why he has to work with someone like (laughs) Eric. There you go. And uh, yeah, that's perfect. So, there is our Suicide Squad team for the Marvel Universe, or uh, I did you you come up with a name for your team? <laughs> uh, I just the, the terrifying team, you know, <laughs> something trying to go SSTT, and so I, I, I thought of what are some bad words that start with T for team. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I like it. That's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, what did you guys think of our teams? What did you think? Uh, did you think of one yourselves? Did you come up with something better? Uh, we'd love to hear it. Come talk to us on Facebook. It's Geek Elite Radio on Facebook. We also have our own Twitters. I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat. And uh, Franny can be found at... Uh, stuff I should say. Uh, should being spelled S-H-U-D. So you can definitely find me on the Twitters or you know definitely get us on the... Our, you're better off getting me on the uh, the Facebook uh, fan page for geek elite radio I'm, I'm there and uh yeah but but we're also at geek elite radio on twitter but um yeah come join us come talk to us come uh be part of the conversation be part of the community we love to hear from everybody and as you saw we if you have a challenge or a mini challenge for us we'll definitely try and throw it into the podcast and do our best to uh see what we can do uh but also yeah, and if you if you if you if you are sorry, I was going to throw this out there for fun. If you liked uh, our picks, go take it a step further. Cast them, cast them in the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Put put down some actors you'd like to see play these parts. Uh, that'd be interesting. Um, so, but if uh, all, also go check out our website geekeliteradio.com, where you can find uh, archived copy or archived episodes of this podcast and uh, other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. 
Yeah, or as I like to call it, the back issue bin. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's uh, you know I have to say this. This has been another issue that we can now put away into our long box and uh, wait till next week when we do a a, 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 a character one hundred and one. And we're going to be doing the question. So if the DC character that uh, you might not know a lot about, uh, definitely tune in for that and see what uh, we come up with or what we find. But yeah, hopefully we answer your questions. <laughs> ah, but until then, this has been Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.